I met my best friend Anne in 1985. And the Babysitter's Club kept her friendship alive. Then Emily was born in 1988. And she said, Thanks, Aunt Esme. These books are great. Now we're all grown up and we're living our dreams. As a writer and a scholar and an expert on teens. And we're gonna start again from the very first book because we're stuck. Stony Brook. Welcome to Stuck in Stony Brook, a podcast about the Babysitter's Club. Today we're discussing book 41, Marianne versus Logan, which is, I guess, a good title. Marianne v. Logan. It's an interesting title for the book, I think. Is it really versus? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Okay, our one sentence summaries. Mine is Marianne has an epiphany. Mm. Ah, very nice very nice uh mine is marianne and jenny prezioso both panic a bit about their lives changing and then they're both better off way to summarize the parallel with the babysitting plot lines mine is logan takes marianne ice skating so marianne dumps him (laughs) yeah that might be the best one (laughs) Yeah. Wait, we should probably back up and tell you about the members of the podcast, though. I'm Esme Schaller, an adolescent psychologist. I'm kind of bossy, but I have a big heart. And I'm Yannick Chikala, a freelance writer. I'm a mischievous pragmatist with a sweet tooth. And I'm Emily Crandall, a feminist scholar. I'm a total individual, and I like health food. If you want to learn more about us and how we know each other, check out our Perlig episode. Also, rate and review us really helps people find the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or commentary about anything BSC-related, drop us a line at stuckinstonybrook at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash stuckinstonybrook. Fun bonus content there, one bonus episode every month, plus other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also have a new patron to give a pizza toast to, and that is Jacqueline Spittle. Woohoo, Jacqueline. Thank Yay! you, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you, Jacqueline. Pizza toast to you. Thank you for being a patron. Emily, have you lost your voice a little bit? Yes, totally. So we're finally here. Mm-hmm. We're finally at Marianne versus Logan. We've been talking about it a lot. We've been talking about it a lot. Um, and I, of course, I think all of our listeners are anxious to hear what you think about it, Emily, as the, as the biggest, whatever the opposite of an apologist is, as the biggest Logan hater um, <laughs> a- among us, despite Megan's best efforts a few weeks ago. I think you're still not a... Not a fan of Mr. Bruno. I mean, um, I, I tried in this book, but like, he kind of sucks again still. Mm-hmm. I don't know, though. I'm like, what's up with him? I feel like we don't get a good sense of like what they're actually fighting about. Like Marianne's like, he's trying to control me. But I'm like, you didn't say anything once. Well, I don't think they're really fighting. I mean, I guess they're fighting before this book. We hear that they're fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. But then in this book, it's just weirdness. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess Marianne has been pulling away maybe for some for some time now and Logan is I guess picking up on that and trying too hard, which is always a big turnoff. <laughs> yeah, but I think that she doesn't read it like that's not the read that Marianne gives of the situation, right? Like her read is that he doesn't understand her anymore or that he mm-hmm. um is trying to like exert his influence too much in her life, which I'm just like not sure that's true i don't know yeah he's like you have to ice skate now yeah just Mm -hmm. be like no i don't want to yeah well i think 
she does say I don't want to a few different times. Um, not like on going on the snow day. Okay, so they're they're not getting along. We hear from Marianne they're not getting along, and that he's, you know, basically deciding things. Like in chapter one, he tries to get her to flake on babysitting Jenny. Yeah, that also seemed a little like, out of character for Logan to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's totally. one thing that he actually would be sympathetic to that she made this commitment and that like right. he was a responsible baby yeah so now i'm like maybe logan hasn't sucked this bad all along but this is like a weird rendering of him i don't know maybe he does suck mm. like that part i just had a hard time buying that he would be like no nah, mm. blow it off yeah i mean he's like an assistant well he wasn't member. like blow it off he was get, he's saying that she should get dawn to substitute but still yeah i still find that like a stretch but also, is that like a bad thing to suggest? I can see being like, oh, maybe someone else can do it for you. I don't know. This doesn't seem like a big deal to me. I mean, I think it's something that the We Heart Kids Club would do, you know? Right. In California. So like, right. we would do it. This is not BSC behavior. <laughs> yeah. 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 But like, Christy runs a tight ass ship, you know? She's not going to be like, yeah, sure, last minute changes are acceptable to her. That's like, uh, you know, faux- branding faux pas. Yeah, you don't want the you don't want to appear flaky to the preziosos unless there's a real emergency. True, true. I take it back. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the you know she says someone they're all even in that first chapter all set by Logan, so we get this impression that he's just making all of the decisions in the relationship. And I'm sure you're right. There are times when she's not saying things, but there are also times when he like on that snow day, you know. So this is chapter four. She's like all set up for introvert heaven. Like no one's in the house and it's snowing outside and she's excited to reread, what is it? Wuthering Heights by the fireplace. She's all set to have her cozy day. Mm -hmm. And then Logan's like, I talked to everybody in your life and I know you're free and I have all these plans. (laughs) Let's Mm -hmm. head outside. And you get this glimpse of Marianne, similar to Mallory, similar to Jackie Rodowski as just not a, um, physically competent person I, I put myself in that category as well this is where i'm much more marianne than christy and so she's not excited to just go play and ice skate and do all those things and then he literally says you can't be cold like i don't even have a jacket on and i'm fine you're not cold yeah that part i don't like obviously <laughs> but i feel like she didn't make it clear enough how cold she was like i would have just been like fuck no i'm fucking cold i'm going home i'm done with this not everyone can be such a total individual. And like, also at 13, you would have said that yeah. with the boy you like. Yes, please. I feel like there's a running yeah. theme with, uh, what's, who is the older boy? Travis. Travis. Uh, when he was trying to like overtake Don's identity. And also with Terry and Claudia, whereas Terry was totally nice, but mm-hmm. There was kind of a theme of Claudia, like trying, trying to change or feeling that kind of pull. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like I, you know, does he want me to be someone else? Who should I be? Um, which is an interesting mm-hmm. theme for Anna Martin to go just for young girls. It's like, don't change yourself for a boy, mm-hmm. except for Marianne, yeah. because you know Marianne just has to put on some ice skates and get over her feeling cold because she's a baby. <laughs> Well, there is kind of a weird thing where, like, she does a little bit have to change, right? She has to stand up for herself, which is not something she ordinarily does. And so, like, but it's not for Logan. It's so that, like, sh- so that she can 
break up with Logan, which is kind of an interesting way mm-hmm. of turning it. But I guess very similar in theme, but it's interesting. Yeah, I think Anna Martin has this meta theme of like, you know, boys are here to not really appreciate you the way your girlfriends appreciate you. So mm-hmm. don't don't let them mess things up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not going to turn into a Logan apologist, but I don't really know what to make of him in this book. There were parts of him that I didn't buy. And then the, like, way that he deals with it when she says, I want to cool it for a bit, right? She's like, he's like, okay, so he doesn't really talk to her. And then he schedules her for, like, a fake babysitting job. And then he's, like, wearing a tux and, like, doing all this weird, like, capital R romantic stuff. And then she's like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't like I having dre- a pit of dread in her stomach. And then she like can't break up with him then because he like gave her chocolates and presents, which is just like ugh, gross. Like, yeah. would he do that? What did you? I don't know. <laughs> that also seemed a little out of character. I think it's funny that the summary on the back of the book says they fight over silly things and Marianne never gets to do what she wants to do. Like read, babysit and be with her friends. That's like all she does. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I never I never get to read. I never get to babysit. And I never get to spend time with my friends. But literally that is all she does. Yeah. I did think it was interesting that Richard is like, hey, how come you got a C on your English test or whatever? And like that, I feel like that should have been more central to what was going on with her, right? That like that's something that's mm-hmm. actually out of character for her. Like she seems... And, and like, right, her, she seems to feel worse when she makes the call to cool it than, than like, even less of herself than she was leading up to the, the break. Mm-hmm. But is that just because she didn't break all yeah. the way or because? I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a few things there. One, I, I loved that scene with Richard because at first I was kind of gearing up to, to see it at, in like a early books Richard way of him just being another man that's telling her what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead I thought he did a pretty good job of expressing concern. And then they had this cute interaction where Marianne's like, you're absolutely right. And he's like, what parents are parents, right? Is that a thing? You know? Um, and it just sort of helps her see things that she'd also been concerned about, Mm -hmm. but hadn't quite named yet. Like the C on the English test. Um, but your other question about (laughs) now I lost it. What was your other question? (laughs) You had a second. I forget. Oh, the, the cooler relationship oh, uh, that oh. she's worse once mm-hmm. she asks for that. There were a couple things there. One, like, is that a thing? Like, other than, like, we were on a break on Friends. Like, is that a thing? Like, cool, or, like, the phrase seemed weird to me and the idea seemed weird to me for an eighth grader. I get it if you're, like, not sure if you want a divorce. And so you're going to separate for a couple weeks. But, like, that's a bigger decision than no longer being... Logan and Marianne like what did you all think about that as just like a setup yeah I mean it did seem a little weird like she could have been like my dad thinks we're spending too much time together so like I have to take a parentally ordained like break from seeing you mm-hmm. and I feel like that would have been mm-hmm. at least a little bit a heart more clear of a boundary but mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten her to the place where she ultimately breaks up with him necessarily mm-hmm. so like I don't know yeah I've never heard of that let's cool it for a bit yeah i mean it just sounds like let's let's it's like a separation let's have a trial separation mm-hmm. and see if it's gonna lead to a divorce or not pretty much but we're in eighth grade but we're in eighth yeah. grade they have been yeah. together for like 30 30 books though 
Yeah. So <laughs> it's been it's been a while. That's true. <laughs> They've been together like four or five years at this point. Yeah, for, for two eighth <laughs> grades. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I don't what other excuses could she have had besides grades and just cooling it? I mean, I you mean like how else could she have framed it or what mm-hmm. other reasons would she give him? How else could she have framed it? Yeah, I, I actually really love that she didn't use Richard as the reason because mm-hmm. I like that she's owning it like this isn't working for me. Um, I think that would have been easier, but not as effective, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how she I mean, I guess I just wanted her to just break up with him. Right. And say, look, you know, we can talk again in a couple months and see if we want to try this again. But like, it's not working right now because trying to do this whole cooling thing didn't really work or make sense. Although she was cold when they went ice skating but that doesn't count as you think cooling that's why off she, she called it that yeah I, my she feelings for you are cold like my toes were cold when you forced me to ice skate yeah <laughs> thus let's cool down the relationship yeah yeah i was thinking about yeah. how cheesy his uh attempts at romance were and i, I was thinking about mm-hmm. this essay by shulamith firestone who i know i've talked about um before on the podcast she was like a radical Marxist feminist in the like 60s and 70s, which is a critique of, I mean, she's not the only one who writes this, right? There's a lot of Marxist feminist critiques of romance, that it's like the way that historically capitalism sold your own exploitation to you, right? That like you're mm-hmm. entering into this relationship that's inherently exploitative, you get sort of legally erased, right? Subsumed into the identity of your husband. And like, it's all done under the auspices of romance and love and affection. And so that, right. that there's like an Here's some flowers and chocolate. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm I'm not yeah. trying to change you <laughs> and come into mm-hmm. my web, right? Like, um, so I was like, wow, Logan really nailed that that dimension of the kind of capitalist patriarchy sort of conglomerate. Yeah. Well, and it's really to me that was pretty developmentally appropriate because that's the only messages he gets, right. right? Like, it's not like he would have seen other ways to be like lowercase r romantic, Mm -hmm. you know, of like super thoughtful and thinking about what Marianne would want and how, because he obviously missed the mark in every way, Mm -hmm. right? She's spending the week leading up to this. So he schedules her to babysit for Carrie and Hunter on Valentine's Day and says, does he say he has a date? He thinks, or he says, I'm going out. Mm -hmm. Says my parents are going out and now I am too. With Olivia. With Olivia, right? (laughs) Tell us a little bit about Olivia, Anne. So she's like up. gonna be a famous. She's gonna be a famous singer someday. Is yeah. that what it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gonna go with her to the recording yeah, but- studio. They're gonna move to Hollywood together after high school, and he's gonna be discovered as an actor. Yeah. But this is all in Marianne's. Yes. Sense. This is Logan doesn't say any of no. this. This is Marianne's create created new girlfriend for Logan. So she's like spinning out this whole week, and then she shows up, and he's like, surprise, um, and then. <laughs> There's like all of these like generic 80s trappings of mm-hmm. quote unquote romance. It really pissed me off that he got him that he got her a shitty box of chocolates. You know what pissed me off? That he made his family help him make dinner and then like exiled them to the basement. Banished them? Yeah. yeah. You are 13, bro. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was like, what would I do if my 13-year-old was like, now go hang out in the back of the house so I can win my boyfriend back? 
Like, what would you do, though, if Keely was like, yo, mom, dad, June, <laughs> GTFO, <laughs> I got to mend some romantic bridges. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard on multiple counts. One, I don't think the Brunos live in a two-bedroom, one-bath house. Um, so I think that True. his family's probably slightly more comfortable in the rec room or wherever mm-hmm. they are. But also, it's just, Yeah. I mean, I would just laugh in her face. Yeah. I can't believe. I mean, does that speak to how much the Brunos like Marianne? I guess mm. that they're. And also, I, I'm interested in that backroom conversation, right? Like, do they know that the relationship has been cooled? Do they know that Logan's kind of in trouble with mm-hmm. her, or is he just like, I'm doing something special for Valentine's Day? That strikes me as a very um, stereotypically sexist trope, too, right? That the the parents love the girl so much that they like beg her to accept their son's flaws and like fix Mm -hmm. him and change him and put in the work to like make him a better person. It's just like, Oh God. Yeah. So exhausting. Just like make your son a good person in the first place and we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. So, so you thought of the trappings of capitalist imprisonment sort of reified through romantic, generic romantic objects. Mm -hmm. Any other Emily things that stood out in this book not really. other than it just leaves you more confused about Logan not really I mean I do not understand what the preziosos were up to but like I don't have anything smart to say about it I feel like they handled that situation really poorly as a non-parent yeah well there's a lot of capitalism going on yeah, too like well, right? I'm worried that so... my kids are going to be competitive rivals with one another therefore I'm going to like shove gifts in their face I'm going to sh- throw money at the problem right and like this four-year-old kid sees right through it. She's like, I'm being bribed to like my sister. Therefore, I hate, or my future baby sibling. Therefore, I already hate it, right? And she's like, uses the it, you know, to talk about the baby doll that's a substitute mm-hmm. for the future sibling. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's all it's all bad. Well, and there's also a lot of um, not just bribing with goods, goods and services, so to speak, but there's also like conscripting Jenny into work before the baby's even there. It sounds like like a ton of training on diaper changing and like how she can be helpful. And it, it is often with older siblings, like talking about how they can help and they can do big girl things, right? When the baby can't. But it sounded like Mrs. Preziosa was like drilling Oh yeah, Jenny. She's like racing to see how fast she could do a diaper. <laughs> like, Yeah, like is a four-year-old really going to change a diaper? Is that... The thing? No, the the four year old's gonna help by like sh- holding up a toy for the baby, or like mm-hmm. you know showing them pictures in a board book, or tickling the baby's feet, or like holding the little pants while the mom changes the diaper. That's how a four year old is gonna help. Right. Right. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> not not like how fast can you wipe the baby's face, Jenny? Go, go, go! Like yeah, yeah. No, they the the Preziosa shot the bed hard on this one for sure. Ooh, man. But I thought it was interesting, you know, this I, this struck me as a very Emily book because of the capitalist overtones in the way that both they and Logan shot the bed. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like... It's a lot of consumerism uh-huh, involved. A lot. And a lot of like, this is how you do gender, like robo- robotic kind of, mm-hmm. like not even interesting versions of them, just like the most basic, boring, like girl babies, girl, little girls take care of babies and like... This is what you shall do as a sister. It's like, okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, I did think it was interesting too that like at one point Jenny acts disappointed when she finds out it's a sister and she said, well, I wanted a brother. <laughs> Just like, 
Mm-hmm. Yikes. I think I think the undercurrent there is that like there's more competition um, among mm. you know if it's two girls. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. I just read it as she was going to say that regardless. Mm. Like if she found out it was a brother, she was going to be like, well, I, I want a sister. sister. Just because she's like pissed off. Yeah. Is she like four? Really? Is Jenny a realistic four year old? Mm-hmm. I mean, there could be some precocious for it. She's pretty precocious. Okay. Mm-hmm. But also kind of, I mean, I guess in that way, it's it is realistic because she's like her development's uneven. Right. Because mm-hmm. so she is kind of bratty and spoiled. I think through mostly through no fault of her own, which makes her a little bit younger. But then she's also like a little bit adultified in the way that only children sometimes mm-hmm. are. So I think she's relatively realistic, maybe a little advanced. You know, she's an advanced mm-hmm. four, but she's not like, you know, she's more realistic than Gabby Perkins playing on the crush. Right, right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> her Nikki Pike getting a paper route. Yeah. Yeah. You hate so. that plot point. <laughs> It's just no one's hiring an eight-year-old <laughs> for their company. I feel like I just pictured Jenny as uh, maybe like a 25-year-old who had to move back in with her parents or something. Like, I, I've never really pictured her as, as a kid. So, uh, as me. Um, so, yeah, I was interested in when, in Chapter 9, Marianne tells the girls that she's, Dawn already knows but then Marianne tells everybody at the club meeting that she and Logan are kind of taking a break, that she's cooling the relationship, but she's not sure what she wants to do. And at first she gets a lot of um, sort of shocked and kind of miserable responses. You know, Jesse's sort of like, I thought you would be together forever. And, you know, they, it's clear that the girls have pinned like some of their ideas about what romance in your teen years looks like on Marianne and Logan. So that's a hard thing. But then when they're trying to understand and like validate her, they shift into talking about all the problems they've had with various boys, right? And having to say goodbye to people, Stacy getting her heart broken by Scott, and then having to say goodbye to Toby, the boys at the lodge, and, you know, Terry, who we just met recently. Um, and I just thought it was interesting and also developmentally accurate that they can't really just stick with Marianne's experience, Mm -hmm. you know, especially as a sensitive person in this moment, she's trying to talk about like her internal world and what's happening from her perspective in this relationship with Logan and how she's feeling like she's losing herself. And they sort of flip from, Oh no, if you and Logan break up, love is dead, you know, (laughs) to yes, we've all had our losses and it's so sad when true love dies and no one is like staying with Marianne. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is, this is indicative of a pattern that's most common with teen girls, but is also common with adult women, which is called co-rumination as Anne said. So ruminating about negative things in relationships together and sort of piling on and going back and forth about the problems that you're having or the problems that another person is having and focusing on that instead of, you know, on gratitude or on other things in life or things that are going well or anything like that. And co-rumination so Joanne Davila, who's a um, professor at SUNY Stony Brook, where I got my PhD, has been studying it for many years with many of her students. I'll, I'll put a paper or two in our show notes, um, but it's been linked to higher rates of depression um, and other problems, basically, the more you engage in co-rumination. So it can be helpful and a little bit validating to a point, but not as helpful as 
you know, well, tell me more, Marianne, what's going on? What are you feeling? Yeah, that emotion makes sense. Of course, you'd be confused. Sounds like you still really care about him and he's not really listening to you, you know, and just sort of talking with her about it instead of like, oh, I know, you know, and then going into like Mm -hmm. all of these other negative stories that aren't actually related to what she's talking about. Yeah, I feel like 13 year old, 13 year olds probably aren't very good at that. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, well, this happened to me. And when this happened to me, this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she gets it right because that is developmentally what happens. But it's just interesting where you can see the the trajectory that doesn't make Marianne feel particularly Mm -hmm. better. You know, she gets the idea that they're on her side, but it's not like she leaves that meeting like sort of steeled for the next step with Logan or anything like that. I also thought that the chapter that you mentioned, Emily, of her first day at school after she asked Logan to cool the relationship mm-hmm. was really accurate yeah. um, from the way that like romantic feelings can sort of take over your whole brain when you're 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And so even though she's decided she doesn't want to think about Logan and she wants to spend time apart from him, she, you know, ending a relationship is really hard. Um, and so she's feeling super torn about it. Cue the Natalie and Brulia. And she doesn't know how to manage it. And so then that's all she's thinking about all day. And I thought the whole, all of chapter seven, where we're sort of following Marianne through her day and like, is he going to be the locker? Is he not going to be at the locker? I saw him in the hallway. He didn't look back at me. He didn't wave. He walked right by me. You know, what am I going to do? All of that sort of moment to moment obsessiveness, I thought was really super accurate and well done. Mm. I don't know. How were you guys feeling during that chapter? Yeah, I mean, it seemed like that was she was preoccupied right and it was distracting to her which i buy that seems that rings very true to me sarah i was looking at the torn lyrics and they really actually really describe their relationship go ahead i mean especially this verse well you couldn't be the man that i adored you don't seem to know or seem to care what your heart is for i don't know him anymore there's nothing where he used to lie our conversation has run dry that's what's going on. Nothing's fine. I'm torn. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> so you think Natalie and Brilliant was wow. going to be the babysitter's club? Yes. Was this song written about Marianne and Logan? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> that seems right. That seems right. We should we should tag her in our Instagram posts about this Great. book and ask her. So funny. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was really good. I also thought you know, just him not getting like him getting caught in his like what he thought were cool ideas of fun dates and not getting where she's coming from um, was not surprising for a 13 year old boy. It it was a little surprising for what we've been led to think Logan is right, because he's supposed to be so thoughtful. And he's supposed to understand Marianne. And I agree. I think you didn't say this directly, Emily, at the beginning, but I think you sort of implied like he can't read her freaking mind. Right? Yeah. Like it's on Marianne to express herself more directly. And I, I agree with you. Like, I think that it's not fair to expect people to read your mm. mind. And it seems like he's also just not reading like their past conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> or like some basic things. Like in what world does Marianne Spear want to see Halloween three? Yeah. And I don't, you know, Anne may be talking about that in her pop culture section, but like, there's, there's no world in which she's going to be like, great. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, Wasn't, I think that that made sense. Who suggested watching Meatballs? 
Was that Logan too? Yeah, that was Logan. So funny. 13 year old boy. Yeah. I mean, so the last thing that I thought was really good that I was thinking about reading this book that, you know, so spoiler, we haven't said it yet directly, or maybe we did, but you know, they break up at the end of this Mm -hmm. book, like hard ending. What? Yeah. (laughs) And didn't finish the book. I didn't. (laughs) Um, Actually, I, did you guys feel, I felt a little shocked that like it didn't end with like any discussion or any like her going to John's room and talking that it was just like, goodbye, Logan. I said, goodbye, Marianne. And then done. End of, end of book. Yeah, it's pretty jarring. I was impressed. It's pretty jarring. So, um, but I really was thinking a lot about, you know, our early relationships set us off, set us up for future romantic relationships. And I was thinking how good this could be for Marianne. Because you're not, you know, statistically speaking, super unlikely you're going to end up married for life to your eighth grade boyfriend, even if eighth grade is seven years long, just statistically speaking, probably unlikely. So what you want out of that first relationship is like learning a little bit about yourself, learning a little bit about who you like to spend time with and who you feel like you can trust and, you know, moving on from it in a way that feels like you're being true to who you are and what you want. And so I'm like, check, check, check. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that she like thinks about it clearly and thinks about what she wants and decides this isn't working. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like hopeful in a world in which she doesn't end up back with Logan in her very next book slash, um, wait, what? Repeat eighth grade forever. (laughs) I I don't remember what happens, but it's called Marianne, Mrs. Logan. Um, so yeah, but in a world where that, that doesn't happen, I feel like she goes on to have some pretty healthy relationships mm-hmm. and, you know, continues to be better at communicating as she goes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she I learned how to fit a boyfriend in between reading, babysitting <laughs> and spending time with her friends. But don't we all need to do that? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, true. Um, it's hard. My yeah. other, my other things are short and little. One is that, um, Mal, I like this the chapter where Mal sits and talks with Jenny about being a big sister and then um thinks back on never having remembered being an only child and that that's why Jenny might be having a harder time that the triplets were always present mm-hmm. in Mal's conscious mm-hmm. life and I was thinking about you Emily and your younger sister and about my kids and and you, your brother knew he was no longer an only child when you came along because you, you guys are farther mm-hmm. apart. Um, and that is something in the literature that that causes more sibling rivalry, um, especially early on, is when the only child knows they're an only child and like sees that status mm-hmm. slipping away. Um, so I thought that that was accurate and that that was kind of a good comment for Anna and Martin to make through Mal to sort of highlight that. Not doesn't doesn't mm-hmm. affect things long term. You can not get along in adulthood with your 18 months apart sibling and you can get along really, really well with your eight years apart sibling, but it is a, it is a predictor when the kids are littler. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, know if your brother sense. was pissed off when you arrived, Dan? I'm sure he was, but I think there's also a thing when you're, your sibling's so much older than you, they don't, they can't really pick on you in like a traditional mm-hmm. way. Cause it's like, you're like basically bullying like someone who's a lot younger than you. Right. Um, if he's nine and you're three, that's really fun. Yeah. Up. It's kind of, that's kind of unfair. So I didn't really ever, he took it out on me in other ways, I guess. 
more creative ways, I would say. But yeah. it's you, you know share any of that as a bonus for our patrons. <laughs> I mean, I don't I would have to like figure out a way to get it off like real, like yeah. you know, actual film. Probably. Anne made a lot, Anne's brother made a lot of movies starring Anne in really embarrassing situations oh my when God. she was like 9, 10, 11. That's funny. Yeah. I got, I definitely died. I got kidnapped yeah. a few times. What? There's a lot of fake poo and fake pee. <laughs> yeah. There's one where she's sitting on the porch and she drinks a giant lemonade and then she has like the garden hose down the back of her shorts and then it turns on and she just pees all over the porch. Yeah. I think for, like, I a soon... really long time. As soon as my brother realized I could, I would star in all his home movies. He was like really happy. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, they're super weird, but they're super fun. Yeah. So are they like good? And, um. Uh. I mean, I honestly, for like a a young boy to make all those home movies, sure, mm-hmm. it's like impressive because okay. he he just loved doing it so much, but. Were they good? That's a no. I mean, he was like 15, 16, right? So I would love to see them now because I haven't seen them. You know, I thought they were great when I was 11. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's so funny. I think some of them, I think some of them are better than others. Yes. Um, that's fair. Yeah. But you've seen some of those because he also does them with his own kids now. Like the one, the music video comparing Anne to Amy Tan and how they don't know if Anne is their aunt or Amy Tan is their aunt. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That mm-hmm. one's yeah. good. <laughs> The tradition lives. Great. <laughs> Better than being thrown down the stairs like Jenny Preziosa's baby doll. Yeah. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. My yeah. my last thing has nothing to do with psychology. I just noted that Karen Brewer's boyfriend is named Ricky Torres. And I'm wondering mm. if this is our first Latinx character mm. in Stony Brook, Connecticut. I uh, yeah, I did notice that. Brooklyn. Maybe. Yeah. So that's exciting. Mm. In 1991, there's finally some Latinx people on the shoreline. Um, and I was also like, Oh good. You have to name the first Latin person after Ricky Ricardo. And I'm yeah, like, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. spot on. I mean, well, as we know, the whole series tracks is based I on Lucy, so. I love Lucy. It's just, I love Lucy fanfic thinly yeah, disguised. Pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And what do you got? Who do you think Ethel and Fred are in the, in the VSC universe? This will be on our Patreon as as a bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, because Richard and Sharon are very clearly like the odd couple, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about this? Yeah, she does like the odd couple. She's made mm-hmm. reference to the odd couple before, too. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Okay, so one of my favorite Claudia passages is in this book. And it's when, before their meeting, when... <laughs> There's a large, sticky-looking brown stain on Claudia's bedspread. And Claudia goes, oh, oh, Lord. And then she leans over and smells it. And then she's like, oh, it's just a melted candy bar that I hid under my bread, under my bed. And then she just pulled the quilt over it and said, I'll worry about that some other time. <laughs> so gross. I love that. It just says so much about her. She's just like, mm, I'll just... Later, which reminds me of myself. <laughs> I do think if there was a large brown chocolate stain on my quilt, I would probably put it in the in the washing machine. But maybe at not forty three. For... <laughs> but at thirteen, um, uh, I don't. I don't think I knew how to operate the washing machine when I was thirteen. <laughs> exactly. What? 
How is that possible? That's a lie. I at thirteen. No, my mom did. I didn't do laundry until I was in college, Emily. <sighs> okay. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I think at thirteen I would have rinsed the spot in the sink and just like mm-hmm. let it and like dabbed it with a towel or a paper towel or something, and then if that didn't work, put it in the mm-hmm. wash later. Like deal with it later. What kind of candy bar do you think it was? I was thinking a Three Musketeers bar. Why? Because I feel like those would melt and get mushy really fast. Hmm. Does the, what's ever in the center melt really though? Yeah, it no, feels like but more it's something... solid and it wouldn't look as much like poo because doesn't one of the other sitters go like, ew, how can you smell that? Get smell it? Yeah, no, I think that's like, Jesse. Yeah. Um, well, okay. First of all, it's not poo. I feel like Claudia would know if she soiled her bed. <laughs> and if she didn't. And there's no pets and there's no babies. Yeah. Right. But but I feel like the implication was that it looked a little like poo. They didn't say that, but I thought that was the implication. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, who so knows? So I was picturing just like a standard Hershey bar or or my favorite shard-laden Uno bar. It could have been an Uno bar. Yeah. That's a good one. But I mean, at least she didn't lick it. Yeah, but however she did like it, she could have told us what candy bar it was. Yeah, I was just picturing yeah. also standard chocolate. Yeah. Anyway, if anyone has any opinions about this, you can write us at stuckinstonybrook at gmail Maybe just write to Anne. <laughs> <laughs> write to Anne at stuckinstonybrook at gmail <laughs> Yeah. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, what movie was Nanny going to see with her friends. Mm. so i believe it is on page 45 um and it says right after lunch on saturday chrissy's grandmother was picked up by some friends who were taking her to the movies and i was like that's cool grandma going out some of her friends gonna go see a movie so what i did is i looked up uh the box office hits of february 1991 so I did have to impose some rules because it's, you know how some, a lot of the holiday movies are out still in February. Mm. So like all yeah, the blockbusters. Yeah, but she's not going to go to a delayed holiday movie. No, so basically I took, I basically took the top 10 grossing movies of February 1991 okay. that were currently being played. Um, and I only used the ones that, had come out before Valentine's Day. Wait, should we take we that. bets on how many of these I've seen? Yes. I'm going to guess one. <laughs> As me? Uh, yeah, well, I don't, because Matt makes you watch things because he's like a movie guy. Not, yeah. Yeah. I, like, this is the time that I saw the most movies in my life, so I right. probably have seen some. Um, but my guess is, Emily, yeah, maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's going to be more than one or two. Okay. okay. I was like, wow, these are a lot of good movies came out in 1991. Okay. And the, the end of 1990. Okay. So the top grossing, this is an order from top to least, but this is the top 10. Actually top nine, because one of the top 10 movies came out after after Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Number one, Sleeping with the Enemy. Mm. You've never seen it. Seen it. Yeah, I also, I can do a little synopsis. So this is about... Julia Roberts is at the lead. 
She plays a woman who fakes her death and moves to escape her abusive husband, but finds her, her new life interrupted when her husband discovers her actions and tracks her down. Whoa. It's kind of, it's kind of like a suspense okay. thriller type of movie. Never heard of it. Um, so this is a holiday movie, but it was still going strong in February. Home Alone. Mm. Oh. I have seen yeah. Home Alone. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Dances with Wolves. Never sure. seen it. You I've haven't seen it? Seen it? <laughs> I think everyone saw it of our age. Yeah. yeah. Probably doesn't hold up well, though. I, um, you know, <laughs> I, I recently just rewatched it. <laughs> you did? <laughs> I just, I was engaged with the film, I gotta say, but it is problematic. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. For, for, yeah. Our, for our listeners who don't know what the movie is, it stars Kevin Costner as a Civil War soldier who develops a relationship with a band of Lakota Indians. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of Indian. And Dances with Wolves is his the, name, right? The name that they give him? That's his name. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. I was just yes. going to say, which is the sole reason that like every white kid in the 90s thought that all Native American names were things like that and why I got told that my Native American name was jumps on backs to sell cookies when I was in Girl Scouts in high school. Yikes. <laughs> doesn't hold up doesn't Doesn't hold hold up up. no but that's dances with wolves fault that's not anyone else's fault go on um next we got la story oh great movie oh emily you would love that movie so with the help of a talking freeway billboard a wacky weatherman tries to win the heart of an english newspaper reporter who is struggling to make sense of the strange world of early 1990s los angeles Mm. and it stars steve Steve martin Martin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker plays one of the earliest manic pixie dream girls in that oh. movie. Mm-hmm. So it's trope laden, but also really funny. It's um, worth a watch. Okay. Worth yeah. a watch. Um, next, we got King Ralph, which I've never heard of. Uh, no. When the royal family is accidentally killed, the heir to the throne proves to be a loudish American named Ralph Jones, who is played by John Goodman. Ha, is, I do yeah. remember that movie. Do you I remember, do remember it? that movie? Yeah. Okay. Next, I didn't see we, it, but I remember the ads. We have White Fang, based on the book, starring Ethan okay. Hawke. Okay. Have you seen this, Emily? I've not seen it, but I read the no? book when I was a child. Okay. I read the book. Yeah. Okay. Um, Awakening, starring Robin Williams and Robert oh. De Niro. Ugh. This, okay. So this is the story. Uh, Oliver Sacks movie. Mm, yeah. yeah. The story of a doctor's extraordinary work in the 60s with a group of catatonic patients he finds languishing in a Bronx hospital. Um, And then the last two are Once Around, which I've never heard of, Mm -hmm. uh, starring Holly Hunter and Richard Dreyfuss, uh, a rom-com about a young woman who falls for and eventually marries an overbearing older man, proceeds to rub her close-knit family the wrong way. Mm. And then the last one is The Never-Ending Story 2. I only saw the first one. Yeah. So So do you have the right answer and you want us to guess? I don't have a right answer. Well, I mean, the thing about mm-hmm. Nanny, we know she's she's kind of spunky and a little quirky. Yeah, I feel like it's um, the John Gibbon one. <laughs> but her friends are picking her up. And I feel like if a group of old ladies is going to see a movie that has like Oscar buzz and stuff. It's I'm Dances thinking- with Wolves. Yeah, I was thinking it stances with wolves is the number one choice with awakenings a close second. Mm, yeah. But like I feel Nanny like, on her own might uh, want to see King Ralph, but yeah. like you don't think Nanny's friends are also like goofy old ladies who bowl? It's not like her bowling team. They might be, but I bet that they also wanna like, you know Also I feel see like the things nominated for Oscars. Maybe if they wanted to like ogle at 
Kevin Costner. Mm. Oh yeah, he's shirtless in that movie a he's lot. He's shirtless in that movie a lot, and that was like peak Kevin Costner. So mm-hmm. I can see maybe you know like ooh that Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Dances with Wolves. But I also think King Ralph. I think would be the quirky <laughs> vote, um, or maybe Awakenings. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Awakenings was my second choice. Mm-hmm. My my only other thought is that I think that it could be home alone like they wouldn't have seen it they wouldn't have seen it but then like all the grandkids and all their kids are talking about it and they're like "Ugh, i guess we have to go see this home alone movie possible but i feel like it's dances with wolves yeah i just think it has to yeah. be it was it was yeah. much like uh we were at the world emily it was a cultural phenomenon yeah. i was only <laughs> no, like three literally everyone had a yeah oh my god i was very busy with my own baby sibling yeah you're <laughs> Yeah. You're busy, like, diapering, diapering. her. <laughs> <laughs> Feeding her. Would it be inappropriate to give each other dances with wolves names? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but thanks for asking. Mine can be t- tired, LOL, candy. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't even follow that. I feel like that's your screen you name. That's like your that, aim though. name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, it's what happened when she she uses predictive text on iMessage and then oh. she just made a text from the predictive text and it literally said tired LOL candy LOL. Did you do it with a prompt or were you just trying to see what it would give you with no prompt? I just was seeing what it would give me and that's what it was. It's different now, but at the time I did it, that's what I got. And Mike, it was like, oh my God, what the? Yeah. He's like tired LOL candy. I'm I'm tired LOL tired candy sometimes there are good prompts <laughs> circulating on twitter that we'll do like on different group chat group chats with friends it's very funny mm-hmm. I, I think it's really funny when when people use a prompt and then use the predictive text and it doesn't even make a real sentence i'm like what are you typing most of the time that your phone thinks that this is yeah. how you want to talk like <laughs> yeah it's really bizarre i love it well that was a fun fun trip to the box office yeah, thanks. thanks yeah no problem <laughs> I had one other thing that I think crosses both of your things that we haven't talked about yet in terms of this capitalism romance piece and then just sort of like fun things you do in elementary school. There's a whole chapter of Christy helping her younger siblings that same chapter when Nanny goes to oh, make, make Valentine's. Valentine's. Yeah, I forgot about class. that. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that either or both of you might have some things to say about that. I Do they do that anymore? In schools? Emily's just making a ah, face. They do. Hmm. Um, it is less than I remember it, and some teachers don't do it. And it's usually just like a kind of a small thing. And most people just do the little like cheap, you know, the like eighth of a page ones with like whatever the current characters are mm-hmm. on it. But I remember being really into making Valentines when we were kids. I feel like Anne and I both spent a lot of time on it. And I think Michelle and Michelle, our other friends, also spent a lot of time on it. And I remember thinking about like what you would write on the one to like the kid you didn't like versus the kid you secretly had a crush on versus someone who's just your friend. And like you couldn't give the Be My Valentine ones to any of the boys. So you had to give those to your friends who were girls and that it took up a lot of time and space. And it seems really crazy to me that we spend a bunch of time on that. (laughs) I definitely did not. Yeah. I remember some people would give candy with their Valentines. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't people just like would tape like a conversation heart on some some of the ones? Oh yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, literally like a uh, conversation art, I mean, you, but you had to make sure it wasn't one that said something too like risky. Like, like yeah. sexy time. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. You can't give sexy time to anybody. You eat the sexy times while you're playing, while you're making them. And then you can't mm-hmm. give like, oh baby to the boy you have a crush on. It has to right. just be like. Yeah. Like, what could, I mean, I they're know. all kind of embarrassing. It's like, you're cute. Just say like sweet or cute or things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So funny. So yeah, that's the whole theme of this book is like commercialized. Capital R romance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very true. But yeah, you could get some good candy though. Do you guys remember your first Valentine's Day with your significant other that we have now? I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Emily made the most disgusted face she's ever made on the podcast, like more than Twinkies or Ruby <laughs> Barrels just then. No. Could her, um, could her Dances with Wool's name be Woman with Disgusted Face? And stop. <laughs> I mean, at least she's acknowledging that it's super problematic <laughs> and that it's because of Dances with Wolves. Um, well, yeah, calling it a Dances with Wolves name is, helps. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. She's not calling it a, a traditional, totally accurate Native American yes. name. <laughs> um, um, I like just disgust face, though. I think that's good. Um, I do. I remember my first Valentine's Day with Gary. I don't. I think we maybe went out for sushi, but I don't. I don't have a big memory of it. Mm-hmm. But that was a really long time ago. You're asking me to go back to like 19 years. Yeah. So like eighteen twenty-seven or yeah, something. Eighteen twenty-seven. That's when <laughs> that's when my husband and I got together. Eighteen twenty-seven. How about you, Anne? Eighteen thirty-four. I mean, usually, <laughs> I think that I just was like, oh, let's just, let's just go out for dinner. Like we don't, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was he was very adamant against celebrating or doing anything for Valentine's Day. Mm. Like very anti. Yes. So, but he, ended, he did end up making me a cartoon drawing of a Cupid who was like shitting or something and like made a joke out of it. Yeah. Nice. So I was like, cool. I'll marry you. Micah does some, Micah does some good nasty drawings. He he wrote, drew me a X-rated donut donut drawing for my birthday this weekend. Nice. Um, yeah. I really like the mini sweet tarts and sometimes they make those in heart shape for Valentine's Day. Mm. I like those candies. Yeah. Those are mm. good. Those are good. You see oh, yeah, it? oh wow. Yeah, very good. I wouldn't <laughs> call that X rated. He said yeah. it's consensual and they're role playing. Yeah. I don't know. If you can see the donuts expressions close up, it's pretty X rated. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and speaking of candy. Uh let's see. We got we have the smushed candy bar, Mystery. which we don't know what it Mystery is. Mystery chocolate. But again, email us at stuckinstonybrook at gmail.com <laughs> if you have an opinion about it. Stop saying uh, that. <laughs> uh red hots Mm. heart candies which i think are conversation hearts yeah what else could they be chocolate covered cherries which is gross gross foul who likes those someone's gonna email us that but i know people like them because they keep making them but foul uh and then and then like don and stacy get pretzels sure yeah. yeah, but cho- chocolate covered cherries are kind of disgusting. I don't understand who likes those and why they like them. Well, if, so hey, listeners, if one of you guys are into chocolate covered cherries, you can email us <laughs> at stuckinstonybrook <laughs> at gmail.com. All right. Um, 
Lots of tallies in this book. Marianne remains the most judgmental, sophisticated, shy, sensitive, health food, individual, almond shaped and bossy, all one each and two babies. Wow. That's a lot. Two babies, babyish. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. What was everyone's favorite weird line? I forgot to write one down because I was on my Kindle today. I need a book to underline. You also have access to eBay and can buy yourself some books. I just forget until it's too late, you know? <laughs> I had I liked when Jenny says in all capital letters, do not leave any babies here, period, ever, period. Oh, as a note to the stork <laughs> to put on the roof. Yeah. 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 I, liked, I liked when she declared that she, she thought there was something weird about the stork thing. <laughs> I don't remember the exact line, but she's like, yeah, that didn't sound right to me. <laughs> yeah yeah which is really good um oh i hate oh we didn't even talk about baby showers oh how i hate a baby shower oh yeah no offense to anybody that that's ever invited me to one i love you i love your baby uh i hate a baby shower yeah they're not that fun are they i went to one that was just a party one time and that was very fun okay but that's a party that's not a baby they are like we're having a baby come to a party yeah that's not the same it was very fun it was a very fun party (laughs) did you watch the mobile presence exactly (laughs) yeah what did you guys do like ate food drank alcohol did you listen to dead mouse no (laughs) different crew of friends yeah this baby shower is the best baby shower ever. i lost my voice after that baby shower (laughs) living the dream i'm having the time of my life at this baby shower (laughs) what oh me too I'll remember this day forever. What? Um, <laughs> what was your favorite line, Anne? Um, I, I did. Another one. I did like it when Logan speaks in his accent. So surprise, like, surprise, surprise, surprise. That's I my also, other favorite. I also like it when Jenny just says, "I hate that baby." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm down I'm down with either surprise, which is spelled just fabulously with two P's and two Z's, or I hate that baby. I think those are both Unfortunately, great. those are both excellent episode titles. I have I don't know how yes. we should adjudicate between them. And do you have a preference between one or the other? I don't. They're both good. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to focus on on Logan? Or do you want to focus on Jenny? I mean, I feel like either one works focusing on Logan. Mm-hmm. I hate yeah, that baby. Oh, it has double meaning. Okay, so maybe we should go with that one. Okay, yeah, let's do I hate that baby then. Okay, right. sounds good. Is it in all caps? Okay. No. It is in all it caps. Yes. <laughs> I hate that baby. Uh, so okay, good. pizza toast. I feel like our pizza toast is obvious. Logan gets dumped. This episode. Logan good, gets dumped. Goodbye, Logan. <laughs> I had two others. Oh. Oops. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> well, I think specific one is actually related to that. So specifically to the goodbye, like this, this whole Marianne's kind of Leslie Gore. I don't want to be owned. I'm my own person kind of speech mm-hmm. at the end, like specifically that piece of it, like her mm-hmm. empowerment, not just goodbye Logan, but like the pathway there. That's my like more sincere, serious mm-hmm. one. My other one, which does not need to be the teats and toast, is I was very excited. We just got op talk in the last book. And then this one, they play Flamingo Fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And Can Anna we talk about, to- okay, what a dangerous game, first of all. We used to play. 
let's blindfold each other it's so and try dangerous. and try to make each other fall. But do you remember we used to play? Yeah, it's yeah. very we much also would like... play in the in the pool a lot, which I feel like is slightly less dangerous. That's, yeah, um, flamingo fight. Yeah, so good. So much like slug. Yeah, much like slug. <laughs> slug. I think we made up ourselves though. Do you know how to play slug? Emily? No. You, <laughs> you, Anne, go ahead. Tell her. You take. It's for sleepovers, first of all. You put your sleeping bag on you upside down. So you're and you just slug around and you try to take other people down. So your feet stick out instead of your head. <laughs> this is what we did in Palm Springs. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> As adults. You guys would have injured yourself so hard if you played that are you kidding me as we would have had like a broken something someone would have got concussed like i would have gotten concussed for sure we were like we did play a game in the pool where ann and i were together this weekend for the first time in a long time and there was a big blow-up swan in the pool and ann invented a game called pecker which just involves sitting on the swan and pecking people who are trying to swim with its swan neck and beak I'm sensing it. But theme. then they kept warning me about not getting concussed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Flamingo Fight is good. Did you guys cry when Jenny met Andrea? Probably. No. Okay. But what do you want to actually petite's toast to? Sorry. So often I don't have any ideas and I had many ideas this time. Logan gets dumped. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Or should we make it more of like a, a Marianne empowerment moment? Like Marianne finds herself and dumps Logan. I mean, that's what I said. Okay. <laughs> That's a really long pizza toast, though. Okay. (laughs) Make it snappy. Okay. Pizza toast to Logan getting his ass dumped. To Logan getting his ass dumped. (laughs) Pizza toast. This episode of Stuck in Stony Brook is now adjourned. Thank you to Anna Martin for everything. Stuck in Stony Brook is edited by Emily Crandall. Theme song written and recorded by Gary Schaller, performed by the band Kid Kid. You can follow us on Instagram at Stuck in Stony Brook or find us on our website, stuckinstonybrook.com. Need some books that we mentioned? Buy them from our bookshop and support both the local independent bookstore and your favorite series literature analysis podcast. Find us at bookshop.org slash shop slash Stuck in Stony Brook. Lastly, if you're feeling doubly generous and you want to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be super helpful. You're the best friend the girl could ask for.